Welcome back to the intro. We are with the two best hairstyles in CrossFit. We got the highest fade in the world, MDV, keeping it close and tight, and James Hobart letting it all hang out, letting it hang loose, just polar opposites, and we're back. And me in the middle, the best-looking one of them all. Welcome to the podcast. The higher the, the higher the fade, the closer to God, my man. Just got to keep your hair, keep that fade going high. Yahweh. Okay, well, okay, now now it's becoming a it's 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 it's, it's, it's just become a religious podcast. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna lose a lot of subscribers, but gain a lot gain. as well. We're gain. Gain. And, and, and we're gonna gain a lot. Or gain a lot. And we're also taking donations. So we are. <laughs> you should we'll take tithe, donations. Tithing towards the intro, ten percent of your income shall come towards the intro podcast. You know what's really interesting about the um the religious angle to talk seriously for a second is that mayhem um, programming kind of unapologetically goes right directly into like a very Christian um, and a very like religious angle. It's a, it's an interesting take. They have like a, a prayer program and um, a lot of their marketing that they do is angled at uh, Christian athletes. Well, I think there's like, I just did a Google search, 2 billion Christians in the world. Two billion. So, what? How many Jewish people? Let's look. Um, I MDV. I didn't know that about um their programming, which is, hey man, give. Oh, okay. Compared to the people, okay, but we are, we're strong. Yeah, we're still strong. We're yeah. It's a really interesting angle to take on a on a fitness program. Good for them. I think it's I think it's it's really cool to see people come together and bring those elements together. And you know, obviously Rich is very strong in his faith. And I think I like when people do things in their businesses that are authentic to their actual real lives. And I and I also think it's one of the most um it's one of the easiest ways to also just continue to talk about the things that you do through your business in a very authentic and genuine way, as opposed to trying to run an opposite direction or anything like that. But well, that's like Chick-fil-A, right? Well, so yeah, Chick-fil-A. closed down on Sunday. Yeah. They they're. I think Chick-fil-A is kind of famously closed on Sundays. They don't do business on, on Sundays. I thought that's when they did all their prep cooking. They do their meal prep on they do their meal prep on Sundays. Sundays and Wednesdays, meal, actually. Yeah, meal prep on Sundays. So that's what I thought. So they're ready to to take on the week. Do you guys do like you guys do bulk up, meal prep? No. 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 Cook fresh no, meals I, every day. Same. Yeah, I've been much more um I've been getting into the habit of going to the grocery store much more and buying much less and kind of cooking everything fresh and keeping less food in the house. But to actually talk about one of the things we wanted to talk about today is yesterday I did do a big grocery run because I had no food in the house. You were dangerous. Was, yeah, it's super dangerous. So kid was snacking. Snacking. But the contraband that I snack on is not like normal people contraband. It's yeah, like, it's, it's not seaweed snacks. He snacks it's, on yeah. like a cinnamon stick. Just choose it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely narc contraband. Like I, this stuff is, it doesn't qualify. It doesn't meet the uh, the standards of actual contraband, but I bought coconut wrapped dates. Have you guys ever had the coconut wrapped dates? I'm the so medjool dates that are kind of just rolled in coconut. They're usually that in like sounds, the fruit that or sounds, vegetable that section. That sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. First I love one, dates. They are amazing, but- if you eat too many of those, you're going to end up. hurts. <laughs> you're definitely going to end up with Yo, a tummy ache the next day, like so I have right now. Let me tell you, I have a, a, a friend at the gym member at CrossFit Mafia. You have uh, friends? I have one. I have one. <laughs> Other than us? Um, oh, we're friends again? Um, anyway, she's friends. she's super fit. Uh, her husband's super fit. He doesn't do a ton of CrossFit. He's, he's a cyclist, but he's really fit. Um, and they bought like a, a bag of figs the other day. I'm not going to name brands or name stores and guess what was inside. Cause I was talking about scary monster insects. We have all these spiders behind our house. Don't even these orb weavers. I found a black widow, the size of your face the other day. No, you don't. Um, inside the fig bag. 
no, no, no. Oh. They found inside their fig bag, like a larva it looked like a, like a little maggot, but I don't think it was a maggot. It was just like a little white larva. That would be a wrap for me in terms of figs. buying figs for a, for a pretty long time. There was a, there was a Wendy's restaurant. There was an incident in San Jose. Um, do you know this story, James? No, but I just, I don't mind it being in like, like if you're picking like, so we have apple trees and uh, we picked all our own apples this fall and it's been awesome, different kinds, but um, bugs get in them, like mm-hmm. a meal crawling in, eat it. And Cassandra the other day was like, is this what like, like real fruit looks like when you don't use pesticides? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. And this is why you use pesticides. But um, <laughs> I don't mind that because it's outside in nature. It's outside. But when I start thinking about like food and the, where this Wendy's story is going, I don't know. I'm scared. Well, first of all, if you ever have picked your own fruit or you've seen fruit that has come like directly from uh, a farm or directly from your garden, that shit is mini sized compared to the beach volleyball gala apples and pink lady apples that you're going to fucking find at the grocery store. Those things are definitely on yeah. performance enhancing fruit the drugs honey, for sure. The, the honey are, crisp that you need the, to cut with a chainsaw. Hey, speaking of performance enhancing drugs. The masters roster is just like juicing, just like the apple. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Did you, speaking of though, did you see... Um, did you see that someone, I don't know if it was a clipped video, but like Glassman insinuating oh, great. that yes. um, perf- uh, CrossFit athletes eat too much sugar and they do too much performance enhancing drugs. I'm, I'm, I don't know if it, that was, I'm probably uh, mi- paraphrasing, misphrasing, misspeaking, false news. No, music. you're not. Where, where um, did that come up? What's the, so what's the actual context of it? Where, where yeah, was Max, Max from? knows he he's into all this stuff. Yeah, I think I think I think Greg was talking to Savan and uh, essentially was just saying, like. These guys that these guys and girls that are competing in the CrossFit games, while they are, you know, incredibly fit for the sport, they may not be the healthiest. And they were using as an example, like, you know, hey, to to get enough carbohydrate to support your activity level, your probably eating some foods that are, you know, not as favorable as others. Right. So talking about eating like lots of sugar, stuff like that. And then Greg even said something along the lines of like, yeah, even, you know, to support that activity level, a lot of these guys are taking, you know, performance enhancing drugs or something like that. Whoa. I don't think that's false news. I don't think that's false news. I think that's, I think that's kind of exactly what he, what he said. Um, oh, what he said is false, but, but what do you oh, think? I don't, of, I, what I, do we think of the validity of the claim is? Well, we know that a lot of the people who are going out there and competing are taking performance enhancing sugar for sure. We know that they're eating some of those snacky snacks because yeah, I call them yum yums, yum, yum, snacky <laughs> snacks for sure. Yeah. Dude, James, MVP's never a had bit. a yum yum. <laughs> <laughs> he only eats bacon wrapped dates with with larva Listen, inside of them. <laughs> my Oreo days, larva wrap dates. My Oreo days are behind me. My Oreo. doing a whole line. Matt, listen, a whole you line. Know, Remember that scene you're of uh... when you do a whole line of double stuffed Oreos, <laughs> and you can't stop until you get to the end of the carton. Even that little like hidden Oreo that's behind the extra little piece of blue plastic back there. That's that's when you know you got an Oreo problem. You remember that scene in The Lion King? What does he say? Where uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Timon's eating the bugs. He goes, mm, slimy yet satisfying, and he wraps the little grub in the leaf and just eats it. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's MDV's treat. Um, <laughs> Larva. What were we talking about? We were talking about the Wendy's story. Uh, a Wendy's oh. restaurant. So a Wendy's restaurant in San Jose. There was a woman who was eating the chili. And when she was eating the chili in San Jose, she discovered a human finger. I know this one. Oh, you do? Well, let's ruin it for all the listeners, Max, not just James. No, she found a human finger in her chili and subsequently like filed a lawsuit and like got, you know, a lot of uh, media attention behind it. And Wendy's, instead of rolling over, uh, essentially was like, all right, we're going to, we're going to trace the origin of this finger. And they found out that she actually placed it was her finger. 
Well, I don't know if it was her finger. I can't remember the details because that would be really funny if she showed up she to was, court and she only had fucking she, nine fingers. <laughs> she was like, well, yeah, this one I lost in a boating accident, but it's not related it to the up. actual piece of finger that I found in my Wendy's chili. No, I, I think uh, it turned out to be like the finger of a person who she knew and they were involved in this uh, scam. scam. Yeah, to to essentially defraud Wendy's out of some money. The sticky Imagine finger gang. Uh, um, well, not the no, finger's not, not that about, sticky because oh, yeah, it fell off. Yeah, we can't talk off. about sticky finger um, game. Um, but imagine that you're one of these two people pulling the scam and one guy's like, well, listen, I'm going to find the finger in the chili. And the guy's like, man, fuck. He's like, and so you <laughs> got to cut your finger off. He's like, ah, all right. Let's Why do couldn't it. they go with and, like a pinky toe or something? And and, and also that like sucker off. Need that for balance. The, oh yeah. And the the other thing that is really messed up is she might have been the only person that's ever ordered the chili from Wendy's. Like, God, you really have to be on your on your last leg to be buying chili from from Wendy's. That is like that seems like a huge no go. Oh, that's just if that's just not a sentence full of white privilege, I don't know what it is. Well, oh, okay, James coming <laughs> oh in hot. James Jesus. coming in hot. I'm just, what w, I'm really thinking about is what I'm really. If you had to eat a body part, okay, no, 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 no. Yeah, we're doing. No, no, this. no. We're no, not no. We about eating larva. We talk. No, you're talking no, about eating. You're no. too full from eating bacon or what was it? Coconut wrap dates. Like, give no. me if a you break. had. If you had to eat. Last time I was with Max. Hold on. We ate six feet. Um, it just makes me think of that pain and gain movie where he's grilling the guy's hands and feet. No, we're not. We're not getting into this. We're not okay. getting into this. Changing okay. the subject. Uh, okay. Um, I did. I did see this great meme the other day about um, guys with tattoos, and it was like somebody was like, "Man, do you do you ever regret getting all those tattoos?" And the guy's like, "Well." Jeffrey Dahmer said that cannibals don't eat guys with tattoos, so I'll never regret not being eaten by a serial killer or something. So, oh, speaking you know. of serial killers, I listened to this podcast the other day about this woman, uh, uh, um, Elizabeth um, Bathory, Bathroy from Hungary, mm. 16, 1700s, um, was, a, was a noble woman, supposedly killed and tortured hundreds of young girls like not like 10 uh, over a 20 year period like hundreds um is this becoming was, a true crime podcast now no but man it's uh the podcast is called uh i think it's called everything everywhere or something like that well that's a movie. all at once i think you're confused no, no, this is a podcast too trust me um but anyway i was totally <laughs> blown away like can you imagine if you were like a descendant of this lady she had eight kids um I'm so glad I didn't live in the 16th century. But yeah, you wouldn't be doing CrossFit with us. I wouldn't be able to do a podcast. No, yeah, there'd be no podcast. What if I was doing, what if I was doing, who is the first person to ever do CrossFit? Like, what if you go back and like in the tomb of uh, the Great Pyramids at Giza, there's like a picture of a pharaoh (laughs) wearing a cat on his head and he's doing like a thruster with like a, what are those jars they put your organs in? Canopic, canopic jars, canopic jars. Glassman would wow. have to change his like 1979 quote or whatever it was where he said he, he made up it would be like zero zero four hundred BC BG before Glassman yeah before Glassman get a new fucking T-shirt up in the CrossFit store real quick oh man oh it's got King Tut doing a backflip oh it's too funny <laughs> doing a toe to bar before Glassman I love oh, that oh god. So Max, um, being somebody who's pretty heavily tattooed, because you you have uh, a lot of your body. What percentage of your body would you say is covered in tattoo? Are you sixty percent, seventy percent, eighty percent? I bet probably seventy to eighty percent. Yeah, I think I'm thinking I'm getting close to about that. I don't have my stomach tattooed. I don't have my left leg tattooed. I don't have my face tattooed. And uh, only a very small tattoo on my neck, but everything else and my, my hands and the tops of my feet have not been tattooed. Boz was telling me, uh, this is going to be a macabre podcast. Boz was telling me about uh, this thing, like this ritual, I think in, in some, I don't know, 
niche tribe where some like you get a full body tattoo and then they skin them the people they they skin oh, and keep their their God, the people who die their tattoos like the no, full body you. tattoos oh call, after they, they call after them, they're like, dead after they're dead yeah <laughs> and um i told and i think they call it like necro pants or something but i was telling boz when he kicks it i want i want his skin and i'm gonna wear it okay Yikes. that's so yeah, that's pretty maybe he, he told me i'm pretty, pretty sure morbid. he said he was honored he's coming up on his 40th birthday i think this weekend too so Adrian and, pro- and and he's programming crossfit.com right now so i was just gonna say that cool, and he's doing cool it too which today. i love talk about somebody who is there's two people who are ogs there i mean there's many many more people who are ogs who are incredibly incredibly fit jacked and just about the coolest individuals out there and we're going to shout out two of them. We've shouted out Adrian Bosman many times before. Adrian is one of the nicest guys, one of the smartest guys, has one of the most evolved mindsets when it comes to programming CrossFit, has some of the nicest tattoos in the game. But quick shout out to David Osario, CrossFit South yeah. Brooklyn, man. If you don't follow David Osario on Instagram, you should give him a follow because talk about somebody who has pretty much practiced every element of doing the CrossFit methodology, the CrossFit program, probably one of the closer ways that Glassman could have thought about it, at least in terms of what I'm seeing when he posts and what what he does for his training. But the dude probably weighs 165 pounds soaking wet. He's ripped. Let's get him on the podcast. We should get him on the podcast. Holy shit. Both of those guys. Yeah, for sure. Incredibly, incredibly fit. But did a hundred pound dumbbell um, Turkish getup the other day with almost, I mean, it looked, looked, looked hard. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't at the CrossFit game, so it wasn't 95 pounds, but it was a hundred pounds. Ooh, too soon. Ooh. Too soon. Wow. hundred pound dumbbell Turkish getup. I can't do that for sure. I can't do that, but that's pretty impressive. I know those guys that. are like uh boss is like a, like an anime villain. He's like a fucking like, circus. Like, like, He's like a circus. Uh, he actually was in the circus. He did circus training before he did uh, like getting into CrossFit. And like, that's kind of, I think if I had to choose one like archetype of athlete, if I could snap my fingers and be really, really like immediately transformed into that, the ultimate version of that athlete, I would choose somebody who has that kind of dexterity, that kind of strength. And that kind of balance. Like I wouldn't want to be the most hulking dude. Like I wouldn't want to be able to, you know, put 600 pounds on top of uh, over my head, but not be able to move from a chair to the fucking couch. I'd want to be able to be like that kind of circus performer, do everything backflips. Can you guys do a backflip? I know I can do a back tuck. You can, they can an ugly one. Yeah, for sure. Nah, ne- next never time we was hang out. Able. next time we, next time we hang out, we'll do it. Holy okay. fuck, he just did it. Be a Amazing. Good- <laughs> what do you think of that? That's a pretty good back tuck. I've never seen somebody do a back tuck that fast. Wait, well, we're oh. talking about an actual flip. We're not just talking about a tuck back, right? We're talking about standing. It's, fam- it's, oh, it's, fam- it's a family. No, shout, out, shout out to all my real no. ones out there know what a tuck back is. No, 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 no. You're going to get a bunch of people writing in to see the go. Oh, we're- um <laughs> we're already canceled we started we talked about white Hamburger. privilege fingers <laughs> and chili tuck backs yeah. this podcast we can't even air this one this one's dead we're definitely airing it the one about tuck backs um wait how come um no no speaking of hulking people hold on, so let, you guys james did, did, let, let me go Max, you haven't let me talk at all yes you have ta- you have dominated the podcast so far yeah with educational facts <laughs> max what were you gonna say <laughs> Uh, that I just watched a video yesterday of Wall Street weightlifter split jerk 475 pounds, and that was impressive. And it's and hold it's that pretty, motherfucker over his head for like 20 seconds extra. Yeah, I like the fact that he always listens to like Celine Dion when he works out. Like, let's or get like him Shania on the podcast. Who is this guy um, anyway? Who is the Wall Street weightlifter? Like, I I've only recently seen him pop up, but like. Guy's obviously been in the game for a while. His legs are this literally like the size of my waist. I've, you, I've never yeah. seen legs like that. He's got MDV no. legs. He, the dude, has to be chafing all the time because his name is Graciano Rubio. Damn, that's a name. Yeah, that is a powerful name. Powerful name for a powerful human being. Imagine being named yes. Graciano Rubio. Just walk up to a barbell, put it over your head, four hundred seventy-five pounds. Go sip an oh. espresso somewhere, right after. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's why I can't do that because my name's what kind of coffee do you think he likes? Definitely espresso guy. Definitely an espresso guy. Little little uh, lemon rind on the side. A couple of little coffee beans on the side. Little sparkling water on the side. The full the full Italiano setup for Graciano. Why, why the coffee beans on the side? I don't know. Isn't that that part? Is that no? I'm thinking about sambuca. Sambuca is the after dinner drink that you have the coffee beans on the side. When you go to the North End in Boston, you go to Mike's Pastry, you get yourself <laughs> a little cannoli and then maybe a little sambuca on the side. You get yourself a coconut wrapped date. <laughs> <laughs> and then I a know. fucking tummy ache the next morning for sure. Oh my Uh-oh. goodness. Max, I so, wanted to ask you coming back to the tattoo question really quickly. Have you seen this trend of uh, professional athletes and celebrities going under anesthesia for like 10 to 15 hours or whatever it is and getting their whole back done, like their whole back done and dusted, their whole leg done and dusted in one tattoo session with multiple artists? Yeah, I saw that. Dak Prescott just got his whole leg done. No, thanks. Through 10 Um, interceptions while he was under anesthesia. (laughs) No, I I mean, first off, (laughs) people can do whatever they want. I don't think that that's, I I don't know. Part of being tattooed is actually experiencing being tattooed. I'm not saying that it's like you go there to feel the pain, but like part of getting tattooed is like working with the artist and, you know, you're interacting with that person while you're being tattooed. It's the same thing. Like I don't really dig like, you know, numbing creams, stuff, stuff like that. It's also why I can only be tattooed for, a couple hours at a time. Like every time I go to be tattooed, I like make sure that I eat like a ton of food, no tummy aches for me and drink a lot of water. And then after I'm tattooed for two or three hours, same That's thing, a like get, another, get another big meal and go home. But again, I mean, if you're Dak Prescott, you can probably afford to pay whatever to get yourself put under anesthesia. I mean, that, that, that to me also sounds like a huge risk that I'm not willing to take to, to be tattooed. I mean, Oh, for sure. If, if if you're going under, I mean, I I don't know that, 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 that bugs me out a little bit. Um, There's lots of complications that can occur when you're essentially in that on anesthesia, anesthetic, whatever it is, sleep state. And I agree. You you may end up in the upside down. And could you imagine if that's what happened? You went under anesthesia and then you were in the upside down and it was like stranger things. That would be fucking crazy. Um, I had a couple things that I wanted to talk about today if James is done. Um, We're... we're, Are you done? we're a couple of days into into vacation and okay. you're vacationing on the vineyard, right? Undisclosed location. I don't want my fans to come out here. Um, and I know James has been traveling a lot. And while I really like travel workouts, I'm kind of at this point <laughs> only like a couple of days in where it's like fucking tired doing burpees, <laughs> tired doing pushups, tired doing air squats. So James, as somebody who, you know, you, you travel a lot, like, how do you, how do you combat that type of like, that type of like repetition fatigue? You know, I definitely run a lot more and, um, I always bring a jump rope and I think that kind of helps a little bit. Um, I should have brought jump rope, but it's definitely tough. I think like you're going to hit some redundancy and honestly, I don't mind it. And I work out less. Like I actually, I don't work out a ton right now, but especially um, when I was working out more and when I would travel, I just accept that I'm going to work out a little less. Yeah. And I definitely run a lot more um, just to break up like that movement redundancy piece. But Max, did you, did you pack any additional equipment? Did you bring like a, a 45 pound plate or one kettlebell or one dumbbell? I think that that adds a layer of, um, variety like a ton of variety if you have that one object i wouldn't i mean jump rope yes obviously really really easy to pack really easy to break out and use depends on what surface that you're using the jump rope on where you're going to shred that thing up and then it's going to be trash hot garbage jump rope after um jumping on cement but one of the things that i always like to do is have that one weighted object i think a plate is a really really good one 
Um, but actually, one of the things I've been using a lot right now is GoRuck makes inserts for their Ruck packs that have, um, they're essentially like rectangular weighted plates and they have handles on each side and they're about, you know, one foot long or whatever. Those are, it's been phenomenal. I have a 30 pound one. I reached out to my good buddy or our good buddy, Jimmy Letchford, who runs, uh, I think he's running marketing over at GoRuck now. He's kicking ass. I want to see if we can, I can get like a whole spread of those plates. Cause I think they go up to like 80 or a hundred pounds. And those things would be fantastic because they do have a really symmetrical and natural grip that you can use on them and packing that one thing. And even if you just packed it with your backpack, then you could ruck and then you could use that weighted object. So that's a humongous hack that uh, I've been getting into right now. I like that a lot. Do they want to sponsor our podcast? I think GoRuck is officially sponsoring our podcast right now. Shout out Jimmy Letchford, got off the phone with the CEO, Jason McCarthy. He said, it's all good. We inked the deal. Yeah, we're inked. good. We're good to go. I, Use the code, like... the intro, when you check out at GoRuck. Oh, It'll get you 0%. 0%. <laughs> I, I used to like um, traveling with like an empty sandbag. Yep. And then that, that actually <laughs> that actually was <laughs> depressing. Um no, that was uh that was always something something I liked and I, I forgot to do it this time, but it's like if you're staying down by the beach, fill it up with a bunch of sand when you get there. And now you've got something for like you said, one one piece of equipment is really is really where it's at, but I've been I've been putting off dropping in at a gym just because I'm trying to be like in vacation mode. But I think today we're gonna we're gonna venture out and drop in at a gym. I really how, like how many days you're on vacation. I didn't even think about using that insert for that. It's fantastic. Yeah, I have one, or I had one. I'm on vacation for seven days. Wow. Yeah, if you don't have any additional equipment. I mean, you can certainly get by. It's not that hard to to get by for seven days without, you know, moving a weighted object. But if you had that one thing, it would make the variety of the workouts much, much more enjoyable. But you know, but James, like, eh, 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 who's going to talk now? James, Max. like you, like like you said, it is also okay to just not work out as much and i need to be okay with that and this is something that i struggle with and it's it's a very like it's a very good lesson like yesterday we were it was like end of the day i i was like oh i'm gonna do a spin on chelsea i'll do five push-ups 10 sit-ups 15 air squats for 30 minutes and I get 10 minutes in, I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to do 20 minutes and just be done. And I did 20 minutes and I'm, it's, I'm still here and I feel fine. I got a good workout, you know, but like just being able, like when you're on vacation, be like, all right, I'm just like still going to work out, but I'm going to take it a little bit easy. It's yeah. totally fine. Now. And I think there's also really cool things you can do too. Like, I think the redundancy is okay. I think we get like, I think sometimes it's easy to get programming in general wrapped around the axle of like, everything needs to be so varied. Right. Like, and also I think something I've seen change in the programming, I think we've talked about this before, but it's like CrossFit um, used to do high volume really well. And I think it still does. I think CrossFit.com is a great example of this. The open is always a good example of this, but um, somebody reached out to me the other day with this workout with a bunch of 30 reps. And I've been like obsessed with 30 rep workouts lately. Cause we always like, and Max and I talk about this, the Nates, the two, you know, the, the two, four, eights, this, the, the quickies, even, even Cindy, the, the five, 10, 15. And it's like, when's the last time you did a workout that was like three rounds of like 50, 40, 30 or something like that. So I do like vacation and the travel workouts. Cause you're like, well, I need to make something really challenging. There's no loading. So like, I'm just going to do some high rep smasher. And I think mm. that's really, really, really good um, for your training. Well, it's interesting so. that the, the accumulated volumes of those two types of workouts. So let's say we're talking about an AMRAP 20 of five, 10, 15, five pull-ups, 15 push-ups, uh, five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 air squats. Have I ever done the Cindy workout before? Jesus, the on, accumulated volume there. And if you're going to do like four rounds of like 50, 40, 30, 
pretty, they're going to be pretty close in the end, right? But how those two workouts hit you is going to be very, very different. This happens a lot also with accumulated double under volume in workouts. I don't know if you guys have noticed this when you guys are programming, like if you program, you know, four rounds of a workout that has, you know, 150 double unders in it, whatever. And that's a high amount. That's a lot of double unders in a workout for sure. But the way that it's administered there would be much different if it was 10 rounds of, you know, whatever the actual math is on that of 30 double unders or 50 double unders, whatever it is, shortening the volume there and putting it in multiple um, uh, rounds, multiple intervals is definitely going to hit the athlete a bit different. That big chunk of, chunk of double unders, the, the total volume there, although similar to what you're going to find in the spread out version, hits the calf and the Achilles much, much harder. Um, one of the things, this is really interesting. One of the things I was talking about with a good friend of mine yesterday was the idea of linear progression versus variance. And there, there was a clip that was posted on Instagram from a a coach out there. I think his name is Aaron Straker. Dude is jacked. Dude uh, undeniably looks really good. I know that he's deep in nutrition. He's deep into, uh, uh, building a physique that represents the way that he wants to look. And he's got a lot of experience in the CrossFit space as well. And what he was talking about was that linear progression training, which essentially means that over the course of X number of weeks, you're going to take the same exercises and you're going to dose them in a way that you build up and then come back down and then build back up. You're taking, let's just take, for example, a back squat and building that back squat week over week in a very linear and progressive way. That type of training is superior for the building of uh, an aesthetic-based program versus if you're looking at CrossFit-style training, which is all based around the opposite, is based around variance, not linear progression. And you can certainly work linear progression into a CrossFit program if you wanted, but like those two are on basically different sides of the spectrum. You're looking at one program, it's going to tell you that you're going to do these X number of exercises over the course of this number of weeks. And then you're looking at another program that's going to tell you, hey, those exercises might show up, but we're going to mix them and vary them with a ton of other exercises and a ton of other uh, equipment and and modalities and time domains. And we're going to see what comes out the other end. And I think where I stand on this is it just depends on what your what your goals are. It just depends on your goals. Linear progression training can be really, really effective for building a very, very strong and a very, very, uh, if you're going for an aesthetic, a certain type of aesthetic, like a bodybuilding aesthetic, yes, there's undeniably a value to doing that. It's very efficient. It's tried and true, but there's also people that have done it other ways. You can get really strong and you can get really ripped and you can develop a great physique a lot of different ways. I don't know if you guys have, have spent a lot of time thinking about that, but in the terms of the, in terms of the world that we live in, in CrossFit programming, it's not linear. It's a non-linear type of journey. It's linear in the sense that you should be continuing to grow and build and test yourself against new skills and look back and see that hey, I've done this movement before for this many reps at this many weight, and now I can think about how I'm progressing. But oftentimes, you might touch a lift one week and you maybe not see it for another two weeks or week and a half or whatever it is. Just yeah, spilled my water I, I, everywhere. I like that you completely said completely spilled it. Certain aesthetic because I I do think I like like especially I like the CrossFit body aesthetic. Like I like the way you know male and female athletes look, especially at like the games. And I'm sure they're also doing something. You know, they're probably doing some training that maybe looks a little bit different than a, a classical in the affiliate um, programming. But still, I, I think I, I really I don't know. I like that aesthetic, but I get what you're saying. Um, well, James, what's the aesthetic that you're talking about for the, for a CrossFit athlete? What would you say if somebody followed a CrossFit program, let's just say one that doesn't have too many bells and whistles around it. It's just a, you pull it up, you look at it, you go, Hey, this is CrossFit programming. What type of aesthetic would that produce out of an athlete? Well, no, I just, I think compared to like a bodybuilding aesthetic, like where a bodybuilding aesthetic, you have, you have, um, proportionally much larger shoulders, um, chest, and then like quads, 
um, and then like the top of the leg. And then it's a much more tapered look. Whereas I think the, the CrossFit aesthetic is definitely less tapered down the torso to the waist. Look at you. MDV just took a shirt off listeners. Um, that's a I nice aesthetic. My, right I literally there. spilled oh, on my you. water. On you. Um, spilled my water. It's everywhere. And now we're, we're popping the tops for the podcast. So I think like a CrossFit aesthetic is much more propor- proportional, like from the top all the way down. Um, and for me, even though I think it's really cool, I've had a handful of friends competing in uh, figure and bodybuilding competitions. And man, it's one of those things I look at and it's funny because it's like, I think cro- competing in CrossFit's not easy, but I look at like some of the uh, nutrition regimens around bodybuilding and like the day of competition prep. And I'm like, gosh, that seems almost impossible in my brain. Um, who would so be, some- who would be your number one choice for getting all the fake tan all over? If you had to choose who's, who's rubbing you down, who would rub me down. Yeah. Who'd, who'd rub you down with the tanning, the tanning max, lotion. max, max. I think actually I max fucking chopped liver over here. I don't yeah, get, yeah. I don't get I think any actually hands max has put some, some sunblock on me before when we were down we gotta, in uh, St. Thomas on vacation, not just us. Gotta, you got to stay safe. So yeah. sunscreen is really important. Um, you know, I was actually I speaking of kind of CrossFit versus bodybuilding aesthetic. I was uh, looking over on Dave Lipson's page and and looking at some of the Thunder Bro stuff, and he he's a pretty cool example of somebody that's that's really blended these these two worlds, right? Somebody who um, done, I mean a ton in the CrossFit space and then bridged this gap over into the bodybuilding world and created something that appears to be, um, a little bit, a little bit more hybrid. I, I am not well-versed in any, th- any thunder bro stuff, mostly because thunder scares me. And it just seems that the program itself may, may be just a little bit, uh, too scary for me. I may need a thunder buddy. Well, I don't, I don't know what he's currently doing for his Thunder Bro programming, but Thunder Bro originally started out at, at literally as a like a bodybuilding and accessory program. I think that had some inspiration from CrossFit style programming laced into it. And you can also see these kinds of um, inspirations in programs like Marcus Philly has with functional bodybuilding, even the NC Flex program that we had going uh, at NC Fit for Good a name. bunch of years. Yeah, NC Flex. It is a great name. Well, I built that program off of inspiration that I found from training like people, Mark, like Marcus, like Dave, but also bringing in elements of what I really enjoyed about the variance aspect of, of CrossFit style training. But we recently have transitioned the NC Flex programming to um, another member on our team, Gabe Yanez, and Gabe is absolutely crushing it. Um, and if you looking for a follow at underscore Gabe Yanez, he's showing off all of his programming. And then during the month of September, all of the NC flex programming is free. So if you're looking to add like an aesthetic based program to your arsenal, check out the NC flex program. You know, I think when we talk about like coaches and what's the progression of a coaching career, Gabe is it, is it really interesting? And I, in my mind, successful case study, you know, of like, where can this coaching thing take you? Gabe Yannis? Yeah, yeah. For sure. Anyway, anyway. Let's talk about that. What makes it, what makes... No, um, we'll talk, I want to I dive into this this uh, this programming thing more because I was I was going to say, I think what's interesting to me is like, um, my wife did uh, Marcus Philly's functional bodybuilding for a while and she loved it. And it was cool too. with my wife. There was, uh, yeah, there was certain <laughs> gymnastic skills that she got better at. Um, like her, sure. her ring dips, muscle ups, all of her strict stuff got way better. And, and in a way, um, that it, it increased at a pace that it hasn't in a long time. And on top of that, she didn't lose a ton of like her, let's just capacity. call it yeah, top level CrossFit capacity. She definitely some, especially at like really high volume, uh, dynamic stuff, but her strict stuff got better. And some of those like high skill strength requiring gymnastics got better. For me though, man, it's just like anything accessory. It's just so boring for me. And I don't mm. want to knock it because I do see like how successful it is and how interested people are and what it can do. But for me, gosh, I'm so bored by that kind of stuff. Like when people I are like, am. what do you do for accessory training? And I'm like, I'll just do another workout. You know, if that's, if I want to do accessory training, that's just me. And you know, people could be like, well, that's not the right way to do it. That's fine. Um, that's just, I don't, I don't hats off to people who do that kind of stuff. 
Oh, baby, I'm with you 100. The 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 accessory game is not a game that I like to play in. Uh, and I and I think it's I I I agree with you, James. But it's it's also probably because however long ago. You, you, I remember you were like, oh, you want to get better at muscle ups? And instead of you giving me like any accessory work, you just gave me a bunch of workouts that had GHG <laughs> sit ups and muscle ups. And <laughs> just, just a week of CrossFit programming. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it, it was like James is like, oh, you think you're good at muscle ups? I was like, I think I'm pretty good. He's like, oh, try this skiered muscle up workout. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm not good at muscle ups. He's like, oh, you think you're good? Do this GHD muscle up workout. I'm like, fuck, all right. I guess I'm not that good. And, um, the, Listen, we we still do some, we call it successory work at tilt, like on like a weightlifting day, but I don't really see the point. It, like I do some some weightlifting days and MDV to your point, I do some linear progression stuff with squat, deadlift, and press. And after I do that, I have no, no need to do any accessory work. Like I'm not sure what I would need to do if I do back squat, deadlift, strict press and strict pull up. Like what, what more could I possibly need to do? Um, I think it just depends on your goals. Yeah, for sure. And just what you're interested in, right? Like, like I said, like if a program's accessory work, I'm just not going to follow it. Like I have a guy train young kid and he's doing like a conjugate style for his lifting and that has a boatload of accessory work and like i look at that and i'm like cool i'll do the 10 by 3 deadlift or the build to a heavy single but then i'm out you know it's like well, the I conjugate can't... method is heavily based around accessory work yeah it's the actual conjugate program for sure yeah but there's definitely there's definitely been a, a huge like i don't want to say resurgence but like uh i think there's an influx of demand in the CrossFit space for additional work, additional accessory work, additional strength programs, additional X, Y, and Z um, that would go into a normal CrossFit program. And I, I don't think all of it is bad. And I don't think all of it is like wanton or reckless. It's just one of those things where I would encourage anybody who's, who's in, in any really fitness endeavor, like, first of all, take a step back and just think about like, what are you doing this for? Like what, what is your goal with your with your fitness and spending the time that the valuable time that you do have doing fitness? Part of it, obviously, I believe, should be that you enjoy some of it. Hopefully, you enjoy some of it because I think that that's one of the major elements that's going to keep you consistent in your journey is figuring out how do you enjoy the process of actually showing up to whatever location it is and doing the actual work. But if you're just kind of toiling away and you're always just looking for the new accessory program or the new thing that you're going to layer on top, and you're one of those people that's been dissatisfied with, you know, whether it's your your results or your programming or whatever, X, Y, or Z, I think a strong reflection on your goals is is really, really important. Um, but I do see One the value, The sorry, well, last thing, I do see the value of having, if you're a gym owner or if you're somebody who's coaching athletes, I do see the value of giving the athletes a little bit of that, like sugar with their medicine, you know, like one of those things that if you're going to be programming a CrossFit style program, you're going to be hitting these athletes with, you know, variance, intensity, and functional movements. Like we've talked about fucking ad nauseum on this podcast, like that, those are going to be the major elements that you're going to hit those athletes with. And you're looking to build a well-rounded athlete over the course of many, many, many repetitions, many workouts, many different stimulus, many different time domains. And you're looking to get an athlete who's super well-rounded at the end of that journey, whenever that is. I don't think there's anything wrong if you have athletes who are in that program who also want to do things like finishers, who want to, you know, just completely smoke their midline, who want to have, you know, arm blasters at the end of the, the workout and stuff like that. Because I, I think that that enjoyment element, don't be talking about arm blasters. I think that enjoyment element is something that keeps athletes coming back to a program where the rigors of it, just a straight CrossFit program sometimes can be really, really challenging. It's, it's tough. You have to show up every day and you have to put in work. I'm not I saying agree. that bodybuilding isn't tough. It's tough in its own way, but like there's definitely an element of taking some of that intensity down or taking some of that, Hey, I'm doing this for time element and just gearing up the the tunes and the pump session and having a really freaking good time with whoever's there getting through that little accessory session. 
Yeah, listen, to to see results in in any program doing anything, not just in the fitness world. In the beginning, I think the the fun and enjoyment piece is is really important. And the longer that you've been doing something, you know, we start talking about travel workouts, right? Like I could very, very easily take, or not easily, but I could just take a week off and and not train. And yeah, you know, doing, doing travel workouts with, without music by myself is probably not, not the most enjoyable thing ever, but like, I'm going to grit my teeth and do it. But I agree, like in the, in the beginning of any, any fitness program specifically, like you need to have some fun doing, doing the stuff. And if that's through finishers, like you said, like you're doing some buys, tries at the ends, whatever. I mean, it's why, you know, music plays such a large role in, in classes in the as environment, well. And people, sure. Right. And there, you know, there are, there are all these things that we're doing to, you know, keep the vibes high. And, um, but one thing that I do really like, and this is this is something that um there there was there were some negative comments about were CrossFit made this announcement saying, oh, you know, um essentially like famous names in the CrossFit world are going to be trading off every two weeks on the main site programming, which is the first time ever that they I revealed that they revealed. I thought it was pukey this whole time. So I thought it was a, a clown <laughs> who was who was writing the program. Some of those so workouts was, might have looked like pukey. Crusty. So this crusty three five rep pull up, and that's your workout for the day. Um oh, well shout shout <laughs> shout out shout out to Krusty the Clown, the OG Simpsons clown. If you weren't watching The Simpsons growing up or at least sneaking the Simpsons. My mother wouldn't let me listen to it. I don't know what you were doing or watch it. Um, All time classic show. But I I thought it was, um, I think it is pretty wonderful that you're getting all these different minds coming together and and programming stuff. And I, for one, like I've been trying my best to hit these workouts whenever I can. And I'm going to throw out one of my favorite ones recently from the past two weeks, which was 21 down to three of dumbbell front squats and toes to bar with a hundred meter farmers carry after each round. It was, um, humbling. It was, uh, so that workout uh, was prescribed with what? 50 pound dumbbells. Yeah, it was awesome. 50 and 35. It was so hard is start off it's a four time workout so you start a clock at triple zero you press go and then you do 21 dumbbell front squats you're using two dumbbells on your shoulders squatting all the way down standing back up 21 toes to bar and then you're doing a what was the farmer's carry 100 meters after every round 100 meter farmer's carry which means you're holding the dumbbells at your waist and walking with them and then after that you finish the set of 21 you're onto the set of 18 15 all the way down until you reach three. That sounds like a very, very challenging workout. The the person who's been who's been programming main site more consistently now, um, aside from the the two week guests, I've absolutely loved um her programming and it's Ooh. been awesome. So Who is it? Can you tell? I'm not I'm not gonna say because I think uh that's kind of the kind of the vibe, but um Yeah. Yeah, sure, James. And uh, well, it's just, okay. yeah, I mean if it's not like I don't know. No, Maybe we don't, don't we want, don't they need, don't we, want it out there. But I will say just like some of the workouts, that one particularly, one of my absolute favorites. Um yeah. How about the uh really good. I mean, how about this? And so this is actually something that's that's pretty cool. So um Matt, how have, long did that workout take you? I you I remember doing no it. Just time no, sundial. I mean, yeah, it was sub 20. Um it was bad though. Okay. Um no, it was sub 15. Yeah, no, I I don't know, some, some workouts I time and some workouts I don't. Um, but one thing that I actually have, um, a few of my private, uh, clients do is I have a lot of my private clients do workouts from the main site. Um, and I had, um, big shout out to, I'm going to give a big shout out to my client, Susan, who is an absolute beast. And she hit, uh, shout out uh, Susan, Susan, now um, a sponsor of the podcast. She's, she's the bomb. And I was telling James, she hit the five rounds of Cindy five minutes to establish a heavy deadlift. And then the five rounds of Cindy and was able to hit the, 
both five rounds of Cindy, a little bit over five minutes, did, did some mods there, some ring rows, some 20 inch box pushups. But then during the five minute to establish a heavy deadlift, pulled a 200 pound single on the deadlift. And uh, it was it was a PR. Uh, I'm going to throw some, myself. Can you give us some demographics on. over here? Like what what age range uh, we have in Susan in? Susan fitness I level. Believe, I, I I think Susan is between the ages of masters 50, athlete 55 and 58 has been training consistently for 18 months. I'm going to uh, mute myself really quick. Cause a couple of my buddies are leaving uh, on from we, we're on vacation with them. So I got to go, I got to go kiss the homies. Good night. I'll be right back. All right. See you later. That's pretty impressive though. Having a, a someone who's in that age range, 55 to let's just say 60 female pulling a 200 pound deadlift, 200 pounds off the ground. That's nothing to, nothing to like, uh, what's this expression there? Nothing to what turn your nose up at shake a stick at shake a stick at shake a stick at God. Now that's a really, really impressive, um, impressive pull. I think that's one of the things that I love about CrossFit programming in, in, in that setting, in that type of workout, you have such a beautiful mix of body weight capacity or body weight strength whether or not you're doing those five rounds of Cindy and including any sort of kipping or not, um, it would be a really cool test to do those as strict as you can. Five strict pull-ups, 10 strict push-ups, 15 really beautiful air squats, five rounds into that one rep or even a one, three, five rep, whatever rep deadlift you wanted to pull there. And then five more rounds of Cindy on the other end. I like stuff like that. And that's one of the things that I don't think you see in a lot of other types of program structures is you don't see that like element of a workout that is going to give you a little bit of a pause, right? Like you're going to have to think about, Hey, how am I approaching this deadlift after I've done this other piece of this workout? That's put me into a state of, uh, I call it lifting under duress where, you know, your body is, has some pre-exhaustion and then you're getting into, to doing whatever's next on the list. Yeah, which I think is a really good thing to train. That is, you know, I won't say it's uniquely CrossFit, but it's it's something CrossFit promotes, right? Like your For strength sure. just can't always know a, a low a low heart rate. Um, well, that was the that was the famous Glassman quote when he was talking about um, athletes who were uh, very um, aerobic dominant, right? A- athletes who were you know very very good at running miles, multiple miles, five Ks, ten Ks, marathons. Let's see how the marathoner performs when I ask them to do X, Y, or Z in their specialty and then ask them to pull a heavy deadlift and then go do their specialty again, right? And if you're looking like if we're coming back kind of full circle here, if we're looking at building a really well-rounded athlete, like giving exposure to as much stimulus within reason as possible, I think is the best way to do that. Otherwise, your programming is certainly going to have biases or angles to it that's going to bring you to a more specific end. You know, what I was thinking about this the other day, though, it, the longer you do CrossFit, it's like I feel like I've gone through points of my CrossFit life where I'm definitely not worried about being well-rounded and I've definitely like biased towards things. Like I've been like, you know what, I'm just not going to do CrossFit for a little while and um I think that's probably a trend for a lot of people. Maybe not. Um, there's probably a handful of them out there who have just been doing straight up CrossFit for for years on years on years on years. But um, I definitely come back to it and I like it a lot. But man, it's like it's been fun to explore things like just like long distance efforts and just really focus on only running. And I think when I started CrossFit, I got much more focused into just weightlifting. And I haven't really done that again. I, like I said, mm. I just don't find like the just lifting exciting. Like oddly enough, I'd rather God, this is going to sound I can't believe that I'm saying this. I'd rather like try and train for like, you know, I don't know, go out and do like a 10 mile run than a lifting session, man. It's like, I just lifting to me is, especially if you're, you're changing venue and you're outside and in nature, man, it's so fun for me, but. Yeah. I mean, you spent a lot of years also getting under extremely, extremely heavy bars. And I think maybe just one extremely, maybe just one extremely that, well, we have the picture that hopefully we can post of you getting under one extremely heavy clean. That looks like there's only 135 pounds on it was only only 135. (laughs) I think that was from the first time you cleaned 225, right? I think that was 275. 275 jerk 275. I mean, we could say that that was 315 because we can't see the end of the barbell, but it doesn't matter. But, um, 
But with those yeah, you, those CFNE weights, that was probably actually it probably was two seventy five plates on the bar, but it only weighed one thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> those old plates, man. Those, those old red pink and red plates. Oh, those God, things were, were way off, way off. But you knew when you had that money pair on the bar, and you were about to do a workout, like especially if it was a one thirty five workout, and you had the money pair of plates on the bar, where you were maybe dancing with one twenty nine, maybe dancing with one twenty nine. You had that extra six pounds light on the bar. <laughs> Don't you just love um, at your like the affiliate that you work out at the most? You have like your favorite equipment, like with without a doubt like there's like i mean are you guys like this it's like oh i love this barbell and it doesn't it's not even that it's like that special or that good it's just the one that you like always use or like the spot on the rig oh, i love the spot on the rig that's just something like i don't know, i feel like everybody has that i'm definitely uh, less like that now and you've been to mafia max so you know like the the bars at mafia are like they're not slick but they're not like that grippy rogue spiel bar like they're they have like this coating on them and um there's like there's not a space where you're like oh this is the grippiest extra chalked one like there might be one in the gym but i like it because it's made me better at my pull-ups because you can't rely as much on like the grip tack or just like a tackier bar and um i'm definitely way less like you know what the only piece of equipment is the wall ball that's not shaped like a fucking tomato <laughs> like i find that nice wall ball it's like the perfect sphere that's my favorite yes, piece yes Cause you get that lopsided ball, man. And you're, oh. you're end of filthy 50 and you're just catching that thing in your molars. Like it just eats your face up. How about <laughs> a lopsided 30 pound ball? You're trying to throw a 30 pound ball. That's got, you're a dead. Of, yeah. It's, you're it's, dead. That's you're how the dinosaurs dead. died, man. That's they how Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I think in week one of the NFL. Season. Oh my God, dude, what that the, was his ankle just erupted. That is, that is so sad. It's really unfortunate. Um, because I think I was saying in a couple earlier episodes that I was watching the hard knocks yeah. with the jets in that I, I thought Aaron Rodgers was really likable and seems, seems like a totally okay guy. And we were, we were watching that game. I was looking forward to seeing it and it was kind of crazy to watch because it didn't look like anything happened. Yeah. And then they, and then they zoomed in and you actually see the ripple in the calf. Oh. Did you guys see that? And that's where the um, Achilles let go. The right. So then rolled up. Yeah. So that's, that's where it, that's where it snapped. So they slow mode um, it. So you could see the Achilles just explode. And then they have, then they have this sign that says, welcome to snap city, snap city. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, um, no, it's just, I mean, dude, that's first off, that's a, that's a huge bummer. Huge the, bummer. The, the, the Achilles injury is really, really scary. And it's why a lot of gyms don't do rebounding box jumps. Right. Um, it's also why we don't play dodgeball anymore at tilt. Um, we, we were playing a game of dodgeball. We had an athlete run up to grab a ball and his Achilles tore and he like hobbled. Obviously like, I think I just tore my Achilles. I was like, no, it, it could be something else. He's like, no, I did the other one playing like croquet or something. He's like, I, he's like, I no, seriously, this guy, this guy was like prone to prone to injuries. Like he's like, I know it was my Achilles. I, and rolled up this like is a at, fruit by the foot. Just, and I, um, yeah. Well, this is also one thing that I, I want to talk about, which is like, you can be as safe as possible. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, I mean, there's, there's really not a higher level that you could compete at and injury still happens. Like sure. it's, it, it was one of the, I mean, first off, it's still one of these things where if somebody gets injured in your class, it like shakes you to your core, right? Because you're, you know, you're trying your best to keep everybody healthy, but like injuries do happen. So, it, well, yeah. it's funny you say that, like, even at the highest level of athletics, it still happens. Like, that's where I think it happens the most. Um, but anyway, the warmups stop playing the game as the general warmup, still do the general warmup, then play the game. Like the fact yes. that you go to this like explosive sport. I know I sound like, like just like an old, like I got to warm up more, but it's one of those things where I see people, they're like, let's play dodgeball. And 
it's dodgeball and it's the most fun thing in the world. And adults are like zero. Everybody's going to die for points in that game. Yeah. You still got to do a general warm before that. And everyone's always like scratching their head. Like why did so-and-so get injured during this game when they were pivoting off their right foot, which they haven't done in 12 years. I'm like, mm. why do you think man? Anyway? Well, small no, that soapbox. small soapbox. No, I, I think that also know your audience. Listen, man, playing, playing games in class is great if your class is into it. You know what classes are really into playing games? The 5 a.m. class? The 5 a.m. definitely wants to play games. As soon as they get in there, that's exactly what they want. Yeah, okay. I guess it's opposite (laughs) day here. No, it's like like the 4.30 or 5.30 p.m. might want to play a game because they've been miserable at their jobs all day. But if you think that you're going to coach a 5, a 6 a.m. class and play a game, quit your job. (laughs) <laughs> that is that 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 is the opposite of what those people want to do for the most part. And yeah, we play. Uno. I mean, oh god. So let me ask you this: in <laughs> in Uno, and actually, this is this is another great meme. Like somebody was like writing in apparently to like the creators of Uno, and they were like, they're like, yeah, you know, when you go ahead and you put like three twos down at like at the same time and they're all different colors and the creators of uno is like well that's not allowed they're like actually hold your beer i got this like just because you created the game doesn't mean that you know all the rules to it and what i was going to ask is are you allowed to stack numbers in uno so i play with like if if i have three sevens in their you know, yellow, blue, green, I go seven, seven, seven. Now the color's green. Do you guys play that or you just do one card at a time? I am not well-versed enough in the official rules of Uno to make a ruling on this, but I know that there is some like big controversy about number stacking. And then also like the double reverse, is that like the other major controversy? Like if you hit two reverses in a row, I don't know if that's even allowed. That seems that seems that seems a little. We got to get on Twitter and find out. Yeah. Um, well, Uno Uno is one of my favorite games, and for those that are wondering what my other favorite games are, Battleship is definitely up there as a really good game. Are you a Jenga guy? Yeah, Jenga is Jenga's is a, a fun lot game. Of, fun vacation. It's a lot game. of fun. Yep. Um, guess who? Really good game. Really good game. Uh, Monopoly, worst My game favorite game ever. Ever. The worst game. Well, you need to clear your game. fucking calendars for the next well, like seven no, days. You can play Monopoly. Speed Monopoly. Do you know Monopoly was originally invented um, for the purpose of teaching the uh, the risk of monopolies and predatory capitalism to show that like only a single person gets all the money and everybody else loses it. And and now the goal, like the goal of the game, I think when it was first invented was basically, I think like look at everybody was supposed to make like a, like a, I, I love the game. I love Monopoly. It's my, look at you coming in one of my hot favorite with the historical facts. Um, your JFK haircut right now coming in hot. Look at you. Yeah, your hair, take, do, off your, your head, your, take off your headphones right now. Show us that political haircut you got. You can look see at my grace. You your haircut, like your haircut politician. does look nice. Thanks, man. I showered. Looks like you're running for governor. You know, I what? think I could have a future in politics. What state would you run for? State of confusion. Wow. <laughs> oh, my oh my goodness. Uh oh, I have to go in three minutes. All right, fellas. What are we wrapping it's up? Been on? Let's real, wrap yeah. up on something good. Uh, what do we, we never talked about what body part we would eat. We probably shouldn't. Wrap no, that's ears. Not, let's not wrap um, up on that. Let's not wrap up on that. <laughs> How would you cook it? No, stop it. Stop George it. George Foreman grill. Stop it. Stop. No. Yeah. It's a, you, I would eat a foot that was cooked on a George Foreman grill. That's what I would eat. <laughs> um, no, no, no. We, we said that we were going to end these podcasts by saying the workout that we are going to do. That's something that we said we're going to, we're going to do that every day when we, when we sign off, what's the workout that we're going to do today. So Max, tell us what you got today. uh, I'm going to drop in at, um, it used to be called CrossFit Martha's Vineyard. I forget what it's called now, but we're going to do, they, um, they're doing five rounds. Okay. 20, 20 calorie bike, 10 burpee pull-ups. 400 and then into a 400 meter farmer's carry, then three rounds, 20 and 10, then 400 meters carry, and then one round, 20 and 10. 
So mostly descending rep scheme, calories and burpee pull up. Calorie burpee pull up, little farmers carry there with the dumbbells in between. 400 meters is a lot. That's a James long, right? yeah. 400 meters is a long farmer's carry. Yeah, for sure. What are you doing um, today, James? So how I roll is pretty much, I roll out of the gym. I set a 30 minute clock. I do two minutes echo, two minutes ski, two minutes row. My dog's losing it. And, uh, and then I did AMRAP 12, 12, uh, ring dips and 12 sumo de five pulls. It was the cap workout from yesterday. And I also coached it last night. So I wanted to get that in. So what's the weight on the sumo deadlift high pole? 95, 95, 65. The worst weight. 35, 95. 115, 85. Yeah. The worst weight for the 115, 75. The worst weight for sumo Oh, no. That's the best weight. The 115 king. Nope. 95s, you can move fast. 135, you have an excuse to move slow. That 115, man. 135 sumo deadlift high pole. Not really the jam. What are you doing today, MDV? I don't know. I, I think I maybe derive some inspiration from both of those workouts and uh, put something together. I, I'm still heavy in the PT. We're about four and a half weeks now at this point of recording with the hip replacement. Um, I feel really good. I think I wake I wake up a little bit stiff and I go to bed a little bit stiff. But uh, other than that, yeah, feeling really really good. So um, I'm probably just going to do what my body tells me it needs to do today uh yesterday got some acupuncture treatment did some stretching so today i think i'm in in line for like an upper body upper body workout for sure robocop acupuncture yay or nay i'm a yay for it i think that there's something to medicine that's five thousand years old whatever year how many years it is old um i I couldn't agree more. I leave my Robitussin out. It's been out for a couple of years, so it's aged pretty well. Not quite 5,000 years, but I take it. It's aged Tussin. I'm good with whatever MDV is good with. Bellas, I'll see you next time. Peace out. Peace. Hello, friends. MDV here. Thank you for listening to the Intro with MDV podcast. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for weekly downloads wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember, we have a new episode coming to you every Tuesday. And if you have time and five stars to spare, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. If you're looking for more out of me, MDV, you can find me on Instagram at MDV underscore FIT. Until next time, friends, let's go. Let's go.